Welcome everybody to the Misadventure podcast. I am Mary. And I'm Chandler. And we are creative types. We live in the great Pacific Northwest and we love to talk travel. We're friends. We're both entrepreneurs. We kind of, we cross paths a lot. And it seems like every time we're together, we end up sharing stories about our travel. Yeah. Well, and also I just wanted to keep talking travel with you. And it's kind of weird to set up regular conversations with somebody for, you know, just to converse. It felt like we had to do something to put it on our calendar. You don't just like call somebody up and say, let's get together regularly to talk pop culture. You know, like (laughs) we could. We could do that, but it feels very strange. So this way, this is just an excuse to be able to talk travel with you. And I, and I don't know about you, but I find other people in my life ask me a lot about my travels. I travel a lot. You travel a lot. So Chandler, you are an artist and you do amazing sketches of your travels and you've become basically a travel blogger. Yeah. I kind of um, fell into that. I was traveling for a lot longer than I ever travel blogged anything. I'm an illustrator and a lettering artist. And in addition to my studio work, I keep these travel sketchbooks. I've been traveling my whole life. Um, I started doing really detailed, full color, fully painted travel sketches starting when I lived overseas. I lived in Italy as a student. This was back in 2001. I've been sketching my whole life, but I've been doing these travel sketches for close to 20 years now. And I had been doing this work for a long time and I didn't really show anybody. It wasn't a secret, but it just, I wasn't sure how it fit with my other work. And now, of course, I totally see how it fits. But it's like when you're in the middle of something, it's hard to see how it fits with your work as a right. whole. And my work has a, is big on sense of place, but I just kind of, I don't know, for whatever reason, I wasn't seeing it. And so... My close friends knew about my travel sketches, but that was kind of it. And I have a very good friend who's also a travel blogger. Her name is Mary Alice Pompucius. She has a blog. It's called Dog Jaunt. It's about traveling with your pet. Tons of information. She and I travel together pretty frequently. And our one of our very first trips together... Um, I was sketching everywhere and she's looking at me doing all this stuff. And she says, you know, why, why are you keeping this to yourself? You should be, you should start a blog. You should do a travel blog. And I think, Oh God, I don't need more work on my plate. <laughs> and I kind of resisted it for a while, but I thought about it for a good long while. And I thought, no, I think she's right. So I launched a travel blog actually with the help of your husband. Yay, Eric. Yay, Eric. Um, Eric helped me put it all together and make it work. And I launched in the summer of 2013. So four years ago now. Wow. In that time I have launched, uh, I've put over a thousand sketches online. I have over 400 essays on the site. Um, travel vignettes, that sort of thing. And I got a big boost out of the gate because that very first week that I went live, I got picked up by a lot of really big blogs like Fast Company, um, This Is Colossal, some of the really big ones. Um, So I got a pretty big audience right off the bat. So now when I travel, I'm posting pictures of my sketches like in front of the thing that I'm sketching. I love those images. (laughs) Um, I took a little bit of a hiatus from the blog this year. Um, because I'm actually working on a book now. So that was actually kind of, you know, Eric asked me, what is your goal of doing this other than putting this work out there? And I said, honestly, I want to write a book. Wow. So here I am. Here you are. I manifested that. (laughs) That's amazing. But now it's really scary because it's like, oh my God, (laughs) I have to write a book. (laughs) Well, you've got it mostly written or at least least outlined. An outline, yeah. Yeah. And the outline, and I have every, I have, spread by spread, every page of the book planned out. Hmm. Um, Writing about travel is in my wheelhouse, so it just kind of, I don't know. I'm hoping that'll continue. It's early yet. I'm in the really early stages. Um, Not even even first draft, like 
like embryonic draft <laughs> at this point. Well, it's so interesting to do an illustrated atlas of the West Coast. Yeah, that's what the book is. Um, it's called West Coast Atlas. Hmm. I don't have a subtitle yet. Afterward, I'm bad at subtitles. <laughs> we're trying. We were trying to come up with a title for this podcast for a long time. Yeah, that was that was tough. <sighs> Still is. Titles are tough. <laughs> but yeah, it's an illustrated atlas of the West Coast, um, focusing on the historic highways. It's a road trip atlas, and rather than simply driving the interstate, it focuses on driving the back roads, the historic highways, the coastal roads of 101 and Highway 1 in California, and Highway 99, which was really the West Coast equivalent to uh, Route 66, Hmm. and it's far less well-known than Route 66. I mean, there are very few people who are like, yeah, I'm going to drive Highway 99 this year. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, you get to travel for work now. Yeah. I mean... I get to deduct this business now. <laughs> exactly. That's so good. It actually helps a lot, like, from what I save and things like that. And <sighs> That's so cool. That's the, that's the life so many people want. Yeah. You but have it, it. It's a struggle because I want to... I, I, if I could, I would travel all the time. Mm-hmm. But I love where I live. I love living here in the Northwest. And, and I have this studio work to do. And my work is often pretty involved in terms of time. And so it's always this battle of... When am I home and working? I need to catch up on things or I'm making money that'll pay for the next trip. Or, you know, sometimes I travel alone. Sometimes I travel with my husband. Sometimes I travel with with a couple of friends. So it's it's always this juggle, this push and pull mm-hmm. of your travel life and then your non-travel life. Yeah. I feel like travel begets travel too. Totally. I have, I have planned so many trips as I'm finishing a trip. Because oh, I yeah. just, I don't want it to end. And I'm like, oh, this inspires me to go to this place yes. that I've always wanted to go. So yeah, one just leads right into the next. Yeah. And it's it's hard to stop. But I too have a life here that is not on the road. I've got, And you're also a creative type? Yeah, I've got, I'm a graphic designer and I have my own business. So that does let me travel more than the average person who yeah. has like an, a, you know, an office job or something where they're, they're working for somebody. Right. I mean, I do have an office, but it's my own office. Yeah. And you can ask the is, boss for a day yeah, off. Yeah. My boss is pretty flexible with those days <laughs> off. I've done a lot of travel in my earlier life mm. when I was on my own. And then I met my husband, Eric, and we traveled a lot together and now we have kids. And so that's really kind of restructured our travel yeah. schedule uh, and travel is very different now. So if I can't take a big trip somewhere, yep. I can always take a day trip up to Seattle. I do that all the time too. And it's really helpful because it gets me out of my head. Like if I'm yep. dealing with some sort of design problem and I cannot figure out like how to structure something on the page layout, whatever. Um, I find that just getting out of town, even for a day, even for yeah. a few hours, I don't know, it gets me out of my head. Yeah. And, it, and it, I usually end up solving that problem somehow because I'm inspired by something I see. I frequently go up to Seattle. They have a wonderful art museum, although we have a really fantastic one here in our town too. Yeah, we do. But um, just getting out of town yeah. <laughs> is, is most of it, I think. Yeah. And being out of my comfort zone. Definitely. You know, I have a, I have a friend who is... Um, She's Jewish, and she taught me a an old Hebrew proverb that translates to basically change your place, change your luck. Mm. And I like that. Yeah. Um, this book that I'm working on, I wrote the proposal back in January. It was during like the the inauguration, and everything was really gross politically. Not that it isn't still, but we were all still in shock at that point. And 
I needed to get away. I didn't want to be around media. And I, and I had this deadline. I had to write this book proposal. So I went up to the San Juan Islands. Um, I spent a lot of time up there. It, San Juan Island might be my favorite place in the whole world. I have a friend with a place up there. And so she is kind enough to let me stay there sometimes. So I went up there in January for a few days. And I wrote that whole book proposal basically on a picnic table perched on a cliff on the west side of the island underneath a lighthouse looking out to sea with like porpoises leaping in the water below me. (laughs) And it was just, not only did it get me out of my rut Mm -hmm. and away from current events, but it also was like in this beautiful place that was so inspiring. And it just, that that book proposal like wrote itself, which is a good sign I think for the book because it wasn't a struggle. It just, that story needed to be told and it just all just fell out of my brain in this beautiful, inspiring spot. I feel like travel does that for me. That sounds like a magic, magical spot too. I feel like there's something there. Like, why do we love travel so much? Why do you and I personally, what do you think, Mm -hmm. Mary? What do you think is your... I, well, I think we were both exposed to it when we were younger. So we know that it's possible and we see the benefits. But I more recently have come to realize that it's sort of, I think the term is active recovery. So I'm it's, not really familiar with that. So I was reading an article once and it totally summed it up for me. Some people, like if you've had a really hard week and you need you need to reset yourself, like you need to recover from it. Yeah. Sometimes it is lying in front of the TV, like binge watching something and just lying on the couch right. for the whole weekend. Netflix and chill. Yes. <laughs> yes. Slightly different, but yes. Um, and I think some people recover that way. Like just, yeah. but that never works for me. I, yeah. I certainly have done my fair share of binge watching episodes of sure. all kinds of things, Sure, but I don't, I don't do it to relax. I don't, or I don't do it to get rested. Like yeah. it's not a recovery thing for me. It's just like fun. But so active so recovery, active is, recovery like is like engaged. Yeah. Like re-energizing yeah. yourself by doing really active things that I frequently come back from a trip just tired, like exhausted with blisters on my feet, you know, vacation from your vacation, but I'm so happy. I'm so energized from it. I'm inspired. I'm like, I'm my, my soul is reset. I'm ready to go again, you know? And so that's how I think of active recovery versus, I don't know what that is. Passive recovery. Well, I've heard there's a term that I think is similar to that being, I'm going to heavy sigh here, being (laughs) an artist type. I I read the artist way that Julia Cameron book. It's not my favorite. I never read that. very self-helpy and I'm not self, I'm not into that but the thing that um the thing that stuck with me from there is there's a, a there's a concept she talks about called the artist date where you take yourself out on a date to do huh. whatever it is like you go to a museum or whatever it is that she calls it refilling the well yeah and it's like you keep depleting yourself trying especially as a creative type like you're you're relying on your ideas and sometimes you can, the well runs dry and you right. need to refill it and that's kind of how you can recover and be be a better artist and mm-hmm. be a better creative type is but you need to take care of that part as well and so that feels like it's a similar thing like it's not just you're not just relaxing you actually have to go out and find something to refill that well. Yeah. It's active. It's not passive. Right. And I'm the same way. Like I, 
I I do not like the idea of going on a vacation and laying by a pool for seven days. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to go see every museum and walk down every street and figure out how the city works and, you know, uh, see what what there is to be seen. Yeah. And I do the same thing. I come home and I'm wrecked. I'm frequently (laughs) sick at the end of a trip or I'm get I get sick like a couple days after, you know, like that's what, like I rarely get sick, but that's when I do. It's like when I get home from a trip, that's when I get sick. Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah. You can finally let go. So that's when I do my passive recovery. I guess is when I like have to lie in bed when I'm sick. Right. Passive to recover from the active. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you on that. That's funny. I know. I think uh, not everybody is like that. Some people very much like to lay by the pool for seven days. Part of that is why I do a lot of solo travel as well. Mm. And we'll probably talk about this some other time. I like to travel in a certain way and I like to be very active and I like to really cram stuff in there. And I would not inflict that on just anybody. (laughs) Like I would like to keep my friends. Right. (laughs) So I, yeah, I'm fortunate yeah. to have a husband who is very similar in his in his travel style, and I have made the mistake of traveling with the wrong kind of traveler. And then I end up this like, like a different death kind. march for them. Yes, like I feel exactly. so bad. Like <laughs> it totally I feel is so bad. Oh, it's awful, uh, and it's awful for both of us. And yeah. So yeah, I've I don't know. I'm. I'm of an age where that is now not acceptable. Like I'm going to be smart about it. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to watch for the signs and know that I'm traveling yeah. with the right person. Well, and also like, I, I feel like I'm also at an age now where I'm, I'm less willing to put up with just being polite and sacrificing yeah. Yeah. my trip. That's what it is. It's like, yeah. okay, I'm going to try to plan this in such a way that I'm not putting other people out, but I'm also not going to compromise. Right. Like this is what, and I've been in some group travels. I've had this conversation with like friends and family before where their people feel frustrated because they've been traveling with their big family trips and they feel like they didn't get to do anything. And I like, I don't stand for that. <laughs> I'm usually like polite, but firm. And I say, you know what? I'm going to disappear for half a day. I'm going to go do this and I'm going to come back. And then usually when I have the chance to do that, I am so much more present mm-hmm. with the group or with family. And, um, my husband and I drove route 66 two years ago. And at the beginning of that trip, we drove to Minnesota to go visit all our friends there. And whenever we go back to Minnesota, we have to like, it's this big thing oh we have to gosh. see everybody and make yep. sure that everybody gets, you know, that we don't miss anybody. One time <sighs> I took a secret trip there cause a friend oh, had had a baby. So, smart. so I only told one other person, I'm like, you cannot tell anybody <laughs> I am not here. I didn't blog about it and do any social media. That is really there's smart. Like no, and in fact, I forgot about that trip cause there's no record of it. I was super <laughs> secretive about it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, so we had to do the whole, like go see everybody. And of Mm -hmm. course it's great to see all the people we love, but I needed a break from that. And so I told, we were staying with a friend and that friend is, is she's close to both of us, but she was my husband's friend first. And I also wanted to give them time to catch up. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? You guys spend the day together. I'm going to take the car. If that's okay, I'm going to go off and look for stupid stuff out on the road. So I drove up to Lindstrom, Minnesota, which is next to, oh, it's the next the next town is the name is escaping me, but it's where they filmed part of Grumpy Old Men. Like the oh. church is there. Oh wow! Okay. And in Lindstrom, which is the next town over, there's a Swedish coffee pot water tower. Which hello. <laughs> also, there's a giant wiener on the roof of a butcher shop. Um. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. Probably called to. I have a sketch. <laughs> we can link to it. Oh good. Um, wiener on the roof. Uh, <laughs> I'm just writing this down. <laughs> so. But like, it was just, I just, I didn't go very far, but I like had the car. I was by myself. I just kind of, and I think I wasn't even gone the whole day. I mm-hmm. think I was gone maybe five or six hours. And I just did a little like loop trip on back roads. It was what I needed. It kind of cleared the palate. Right. 
that was it. If I have a chance to do the thing that I really need to do on my list, I am so much more willing to do somebody yeah. else's thing, even yeah. if it's not like I will all go that to interesting. As many family reunions as you want, as yeah. long as I also get to do this national park on the yeah. side. Like, right? Yeah. I think for me, also the reason why I really travel to, as an artist and as someone who sketches all the time, I I've come to. I don't know. This might sound pretentious. I don't mean it this way, but I I kind of see myself as a little bit of like a cultural archivist. Hmm. Uh, I combined, I made like an accidental portmanteau of activist and (laughs) archivist. (laughs) I mean, archivist. I love that. Archivist. I think that was, that was very Freudian. That's probably a thing. It's like a librarian who goes to protest marches. I sort of see myself as a little bit of an archivist Mm -hmm. because a lot of the work that I do as an artist deals with a sense of place, but also increasingly a sense of loss Mm. because I I often will travel to the same place multiple times and note the changes or I'll mourn something that's gone or driving the whole driving route 66 in its entirety. That whole trip is about loss. What we have lost, what is gone, (laughs) what is never coming back, what has been restored, Mm -hmm. what is slowly decaying. And that's a really big recurring theme for me. And I think a lot of American road trips and Americana is about that. And that's kind of who I am. Um, And I'm really interested in the, the stories that the landscape tells you know, sometimes history is really evident just by looking at a landscape or, you know, seeing wagon ruts from the Oregon Trail that are still there. Whoa. Oh, yeah. There are, there's a lot of places where you can see them. Wow. And on the other side of the mountains in Walla Walla, there are spots where you can see wagon ruts. That's amazing. I yeah. had no idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. Huh. Most of them are in places like natu- uh, national parks and mm-hmm. things where the land is preserved and they're not going to, you know, develop that land. Right. But, yeah, the... That history is there wow. if you know where to look. And so I kind of feel like it's sort of my responsibility to get out there and help tell these stories before these things go away. Or if they've already gone away, to maybe be the person telling the story so that somebody remembers. Wow. And I know I'll never get to any to everything. I so wish I could. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, that's a big part of why I why I travel, why I want to get to as much as I can, why I need hmm. to be active about it and cram as much in and why I need to get it all down on paper. Hmm. So I don't know. Wow. There's also like an idea of like that souvenir thing. You're, you're a creative type. Do you, do you like tchotchkes? No. I know a lot of designers do. I do. I can't. I collect books about places I've been, I, but not like shot glasses. I don't have, no, I don't have like a thing like not that. Not shot glasses, but like ephemera, like postcards. Oh geez. Yeah. 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 Paper, whatever paper pa- they yeah. have. Paper ephemera is <sighs> oh my a gosh, disease. Which is, yeah. I have boxes it's and boxes. Real, yes. I but do I, too. I, I don't have a lot of knickknacks in my life. I've, I've some in my studio. They're kind of all constant. All my little travel knickknacks, what few I have are concentrated in the studio. So it looks like a lot, but that's like all I have. It's in that one little area. I try to avoid knickknacks because mm-hmm. I've moved so much and I don't like dusting, but I still have that urge. I mm-hmm. love like the, I have that collector urge and keeping sketchbooks satisfies a lot of that. Like I don't need to have the physical souvenir if I can draw a picture of it yeah. in my sketchbook. That makes sense. So it's a lot tidier that way too. Yes. You've done a box. And there's also this papers. experience of paging through a book from yeah. beginning to end. And you kind of relive the trip that way. And huh. 
So there's something about that too. When I just take pictures of things and I rely on the camera to do all the seeing for me, I don't remember nearly as much. Yeah. But when I sit there and actually stare at it and yeah, draw you, it. Yeah, you've spent real time with it. Yeah. And you've had to analyze yeah. what you're looking at. And to I make remember sure. those trips so clearly, even uh, years, years huh. later. So I think I remember food. I think that's oh, my thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I seek out. That's what drives a lot of the decisions I make on trips. A lot of my travel stories are around like that amazing meal I had mm-hmm. or the smorg or <laughs> food is, food is a central food, player. Yeah. Sometimes food is the destination that it often is for me. And then I remember that meal or I remember that baked good that they specialized in this little mm-hmm. tiny place. Magnolia bakery. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Have been there many times. Yeah. Me yeah. Too. And I have had, I have memories of walking down the street with that pink box and people, random strangers being like, where did you get that? <laughs> there is something about a pink box. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really curious to hear about your experiences because I know some of them, mm-hmm. but I don't actually know that much about your like early life. And yeah. I assume travel was part of it. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a military family. My dad was in the Air Force. Um, I think of Massachusetts as home. But I wasn't born there. I actually was born 50 miles west of Wall Drug, <laughs> which explains a lot Did about who I am Did they put a billboard up for you? Seriously. <laughs> um, if you read my blog at all, you know that I'm really into roadside attractions and like world's largest jackalope and stuff like that. And so Wall Drug is so firmly in my wheelhouse. And it's kind of hilarious that, it, that that's where I was born. But so we did move fairly frequently. We didn't we didn't move quite as often as some people. Some people I knew people who moved every eighteen months whose families were in the army. Oh man. Air Force doesn't move you quite as much. We we moved on average about every three or four years. But I still I went to ten schools before I graduated high school. Wow. It was a lot. And so it's kind of trial by fire. You're either mm-hmm. going to grow up loving that or you're going to grow up hating it because it's not easy. But I loved it. I also inherited my dad's sense of direction. We're both really, really good. We're never lost. We love maps. Um, I am really ornery. I do not use GPS at all. I hate being led around by the nose. <laughs> I don't like tours. I don't like, I, I like being really independent. I love to know, I have to know where I am. If, I, if I'm with somebody and they just give me directions, I have to look at a map. I want to know where mm-hmm. I am. And so I have this, and I'm really good at retaining places. I can't remember what I did last week, but I can find a place, to, I can go somewhere once and find it a, a, again in the dark without a map 10 years later, like like, no problem. So my dad and I used to take a lot of road trips together, not just when we'd move as a family, but, um, my dad and I would take these, these kind of pair road trips together, especially when I was in high school. Like one day I went to high school in North Dakota. That was kind of where we ended up. And, uh, dad popped his head in the door once it was like a Thursday. And he said, what are you doing this weekend? And I said, well, nothing. It was like August. So I was out of school and I used to do theater, but theater was done. And so I didn't have any plans. And he said, you want to go to Montana? (laughs) And I said, okay. (laughs) So the next day we loaded up the car and we, we went and my mom, my mom isn't really into long road trips. So she usually didn't go with us. Um, but dad and I went, we drove as far as, uh, we went to, to the site of the Battle of the Little Bighorn. Mm. We, I had just finished reading Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, so I was in a very oh, wow. anti-U.S. cavalry yeah. phase. So we went to, we flipped General Custer the Bird <laughs> <laughs> 
at his gravesite. And then we went to Devil's Tower and we almost ran out of gas in a town of 16 people in Wyoming. And <laughs> so we have just, my whole life is these stories of things mm-hmm. that I've done with my dad or places my dad has traveled and told me about. And I used to study road atlases for hours as a kid. <laughs> I'd plan these road trips that would never happen. And dad was always patient. I'd be like, oh, dad, we could go on this trip where first we could, we could go to Oregon. And then after that, we could, we could just go up to Canada. And he'd be like, you realize that... <laughs> We'd need about six weeks to do this, right? <laughs> but it looks so close on the map. Right. It's and right like, up the road. And I still kind of have that attitude. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of solo road trips. I, I'll take these big, massive, like 5,000, 6,000 mile road trips by myself. I just did one. I just got, I spent a month. I, um, I drove down to the very bottom of California and then zigzagged up and down the coast for 25 days, just this spring. And I did it all by myself and I logged 6,500 miles. It was fantastic. Wow. And with each new step, I'm like, oh, that wasn't like, I'm not that far now from this place Mm -hmm. and I could just keep going. And if I didn't have monetary constraints or, (laughs) you know, a husband and a home to go back to, like I could just go on forever. And yeah, it's very tempting. (laughs) I know. I still am blown away by the idea that you can just get in your car and drive and the road just keeps going. Yeah. And you'll end up in all of these different places. The road I mean, goes ever on and on. <laughs> I don't know that song, it's but it from, sounds... It's from uh, The Lord of the Rings. Oh. That's what Bilbo Baggins says. Be careful. Oh, right. Be careful, Frodo, going out your door. You never know where the lo- the road will lead you. Something like that. Oh, I'm paraphrasing. Wow. But so the, yeah, the road goes ever on and on down from the door where it began. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. I'd forgotten all about that. I think, I think of highways as... I think of them in terms of rivers. Hmm. I really think of it as like a river. Like you, you find your way into the stream and then where does it spit you out? Like, mm-hmm. do you go down some tributary over here? Do, do, does it, do you follow it all the way to the ocean? Do you, huh. how do you get back upstream to go home? I, I really right. think of it as like joining a, a, the flow of a river. That's really interesting. I've always thought of it that way. Huh. Well, when we live in such a big country, there are so many yeah. different climates and different geological features and just different cultures kinds. even. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I have... I have traveled overseas, not as much as you have. You've done much more extensive worldwide travel than I have. I, but I, I lived in Italy for a year, um, and I've done some European travel. Also, um, my half of my family is Canadian, so I've done a lot of travel in Canada. Hmm. But my blog focuses on the U.S. and Canada. So um, I may expand later as I do more travel, but right now I, there's so much to see and do just in North America that yeah. I'm, like I could just go on forever just about that. Yeah. So, and I think that's okay. Like I'm not mm-hmm. anxious. Like I would love to write more about like my time in France or my time in Italy or Czech Republic or whatever, but I'm not in a hurry to do that. I just love getting in the car and going places and discovering yeah. new things. And I definitely inherited this from my dad who it takes next to nothing to have him like plan a road trip. That's so like, the college like me search, and my dad. Yeah. The college search was such a great excuse oh, yeah. to go places. Yeah. So yeah, we went over to Chicago and at one point we went up to uh, Vancouver, British Columbia nice. and like all over. Oh, just... you had a more imaginative list of colleges than I did. <laughs> I was very specialized. I knew I wanted to go for art. So oh. there was a lot of New England business and yeah, I knew I wanted to get away from home. <laughs> oh, me too. It, I mean, me I, too. There were no yeah. Midwestern colleges. I, I no. looked at a few, but they were too close to home. And it wasn't even, it wasn't like I'd be too close to my family. It was almost like I needed a plane ticket to separate me yeah. from going home because I didn't want every weekend to be thinking, should I go home or should I stay here? I just didn't oh. want that to even be an issue. I just wanted to be in a new place where I'd 
yeah. could explore. Then I came out know. here and it smelled really good. <laughs> I remember the campus. I, I in my head I was like, it smells like it smells camping. like a Carolina pine forest. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what did it. Yeah, stupid aroma. Well, I'm sure that we'll circle back to all of these things and more as we continue on this. Um, you and I have a bit of a tradition of ending any podcast we've done with a toast. So I think it might be a good idea to continue that for yeah, this. I like that. So I have a little bit of an idea. Yeah. Um, this is really basic, but this is kind of our first travel podcast. So maybe we should just keep it basic. So I think I would like to raise a glass to all the fellow travelers out there, wherever you are, whatever your reasons may be for traveling. May you continue to do so. Cheers to you. Cheers. <laughs>